Welcome to Beyond Grit, the podcast that seeks to create and foster a community of people who want to learn, develop, and employ the 10 powerful practices to gain a high-performance edge. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just someone looking to improve yourself, the Beyond Grit podcast shows you step-by-step how to reach your peak potential. The Beyond Grit podcast is based on the book Beyond Grit, written by Sandra Kampoff, PhD, founder, and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, and a professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Sindra, a keynote speaker and entrepreneur, is also a certified mental performance coach for professional athletes, executives, and championship teams from around the nation, including the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. Sindra's co-host is Tim McNiff, Emmy Award-winning news and sports journalist, strategic communications consultant, and storyteller for the National Sports Center. This is the Beyond Grit Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Beyond Grit Podcast. We have reached episode 20. Woo! Kampoff, your high-performance coach, founder, and director at the Center for Sport and Performance Psychology. And I would be remiss if I did not point out that she was a much-valued professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato, Dr. Campos. How are you today? <laughs> great to see you. Great to see you always. I love doing this uh, podcast with you. And um, let's just be, let's be transparent. Let's start the show a little bit different this time. Perfect. Because we, we're, we're 20 episodes in, and we're talking about uh, the ratings that we have received. And it seems as if people are, are liking the podcast and they appreciate the podcast. But you know what? We need to get, uh, like everybody else who's got, a, I know there's a gazillion podcasts out there in many ways you could spend your time. But if you're seeing and feeling the value in this, please share it with others. Yes. You know, give us a, a review, like it, and, and, uh, and we're going to offer something in this podcast a little bit later on to try to inspire uh, you to do just that. Awesome. Yeah, we need more ratings and reviews to actually get it higher on Google and just to get this information out on more, you know, more people and help more people improve their mindset and such valuable tools and information. So please share with other people, share it on social. Uh, You could tag us. Um, I'm Sindra Kampoff on most places or Mentally Strong on Twitter Tim, where are you? And uh, and then we can give people a shout out when they tag us, and we know that you're that you're sharing it. Yeah, everything is under my name because I am an egomaniac. So of course, I wouldn't call it anything. <laughs> hey, it's better to keep it consistent. So okay. <laughs> yeah, so no, we we and just understand too. We aren't receiving a dime for this. We're not doing this because. Um, we're getting paid extra for it. And you can say, well, Dr. Kampoff's selling more books, but that's not why I reached out to Syndra to do this podcast. That's not why. The reason was I read the book and I was so profoundly impacted by it that I felt the need to, she, she put in one of the early chapters, if you like the book, you know, I get so inspired by your feedback and you can directly tell her what you think. And that's what I did. And she reached back to me and I said, I love you. I love your work. I love what you're saying and doing. I think this is so valuable. More people need to see this. Would you want to do a podcast? And, and I feel like I won the lottery. I get to do this with you every week. I don't get paid for it. But, but this is something that we do because we believe in this. And if you're listening and you like it, you're getting the value from it. And we just want to make more people aware 
because we think Absolutely. that a lot of people can benefit from this. Yeah, and why I do it, Tim, and I won the lottery doing this with you, but why I do this is because, hey, I just want to share these principles. It's really at the heart of my life's purpose is it doesn't matter if I sell a book or not. <laughs> it's more about helping other people and uh, getting the word out there. And, and I think there's so many different ways that we can get in our own way. Um, I felt it in my life as well. And so the more people who get these uh, tools and strategies, I think it helps the world be a better place because people are happier and being at their best more often. Yeah, and it, and it's, it has so many different applications. That's what struck me so much. I mean, I, I gave this uh, book to my children who are 25 and 22 uh, for Christmas and, and to my wife. And, and um, so, uh, but I often think of when I see people and talk to them and I think you need to get this for your kids. I mean, if, if you, if everyone's going to go out there and they're going to, they're going to buy their kids like, oh, he or she needs uh, the best uh, soccer cleats or they need the best glove or they need the best pads, whatever it is or stick, whatever it is, this is this is so much more than that. Because if you have the best skates or the best cleats or the best stick, and you're not in the proper frame of mind to Absolutely. use them, <laughs> advantage negated. Absolutely. And you can be in your own way and have, you know, such great equipment. <laughs> That's not going to help you perform at your best consistently if your mind is not on task and uh, really helping you, not hurting you. I'm excited about this topic today, Tim, because today is like what athletes would say is like the old, like when I'm in the zone, when I'm in the flow, like, man, um, you know, I, I wish I could feel like that every day and every game, um, but flow doesn't just connect and relate to sport. It's actually in life and business. Too. So I'm excited about this topic. I am too. And before we get to it, we're, we get to take a look back. And I don't feel bad about this one at all because we're looking back at discovering your MVP level. And for the homework last week, you, you have an interesting, well, you had like three or four different exercises in just chapter 19 alone. So there was a lot to do. I don't look at it as, as a task, like in a negative sense. There was just a lot of opportunities for you to find out what makes you tick and how you get to your best place and how you stay mm -hmm. at your best place. And um, the homework was to go through a, a, an exercise to to talk about the emotions that help and hurt you. Absolutely. So we encourage you to talk to somebody or write it down, but help you think about when you're at your best, what does it look like and what's it feel like? Um, and uh, write at least five emotions that help you and five emotions that don't. And the cool thing is there's so many different practices um, and really strategies in the book, tools in, in this book to really help you be your best more often that we're going to keep on talking about um, as we keep going every week in the podcast. So can I have my uh, braggy moment here? Yes, please do so. Well, because of my career, I, I was able to uh, do many things in my life that I always kind of you dream about maybe doing, but you never really thought you would do. And one of them was I was uh, one of 17 people from the television station I was working at at the time who was uh, given the opportunity to go to the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta, Georgia. And what we did was predominantly we covered athletes from Minnesota. But if you had downtime and there were tickets available, you could go watch other events. Are you and serious? I oh, yeah. Oh, I did not even know this, Tim. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no. this. Well, what? In, 2000, in 2000, I was one of just three that went to Sydney. And because of the time difference, you know, we were like nine hours ahead in Sydney. So it was when you were sleeping, 
I was at all the, I, I saw so many more events in 2000. I went to like everything in 2000. But in 96, there was kind of a competition to go and see things. So you might go watch team handball or you might go watch if you had that time because you, you had a lot of work to do at the same time. And I was able to go watch uh, the, the gymnastics team competition. And so did not even really, wasn't even kind of aware of the, some of the situations that were going on swirling around um, what was done that you write about in your chapter. It wasn't until later when I got back and started hearing all the analysis, I was like, I didn't even know that. You know, you could see Kerry Strug, and you write about Kerry Strug. That's where we're going with this. It's become this big uh, moment in time. And, and honestly, even in a different light, in the light of what we have found out about USA Gymnastics and Dr. Larry Nasser mm. recently, where these young women who displayed grit in 1996 on their way to winning a gold are using a whole nother kind of grit today to deal with what they went through off the mat. Um, you know, so but you're, you weren't going there when you wrote this. You, you talked about Carrie Strug, who was one of six and not one of the three main uh, athletes that had been talked about quite a bit. And it all came down to her overcoming something to achieve a gold medal for the team. Yeah. So the story I give, and I remember watching this, um, 1996, my, my parents lived in Sheldon, Iowa. <laughs> I remember being home watching this. It was when I was in college. Um, and so it's a while ago, but a classic story of grit. And so there was a lot of, you know, hype about other athletes on the team uh, besides Carrie Strug. Um, and what I love about the story is that um, it really came down to her to help the U.S. win the gold medal. And um, she, you know, her self-talk really was powerful in this moment. And so let me kind of explain. Um, she was doing the vault and she heard a snap afterwards in her left ankle. And so two ligaments in her ankle were poor. Um, uh, who is that? Identify who your friend is. <laughs> that is my friend. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, it's okay. It was throbbing. And so there was this pain shooting up in her leg and she had to do the vault one more time. And, you know, her coach, Bella Caroli, said to her, we need you one more time. We need you for the gold. And so what's phenomenal is in that moment, she could put, you know, aside her pain, her doubt, her fear. And the self-talk she had was powerful. She said, you know, um, I know I can do it. I can know I can do it one more time, injured ankle or not. I've done this a million, a thousand times that she sprinted down the, the runway and she was able to, to make it happen. Um, and if you remember her, she kind of like did the vault and then, you know, she gingerly picked up her ankle um, and just trying not to be off balance. And she stood tall and she got a 9.712 to help the U.S. win the gold medal. Yeah, you, you, from a, just from a competitor standpoint or from an athletic standpoint, to think about knowing that your ankle is messed up you, you have a legitimate excuse to check out at that point to not only decide you're going to do it again but to yes. then somehow override what your body's telling you not to do to sprint yeah. down that that thing to to jump off the vault and then to land and like you said gracefully kind of roll back into that thing where you're keeping the weight off that foot but keep your posture and your your landing 
it was, uh, it, it's amazing. It really is one of those moments in time where if you're of a certain age where you saw that, you can picture it, you remember it so yeah, vividly. And, and that, I mean, that is, that's the mindset, right? That she was able to black out that pain, do the event anyway. And that's years and years and years of like automatic physical conditioning. That's why she was able to do it because she's had so many reps doing that. But I think the powerful moment is just that she could deal with the pressure she stayed in the moment. Uh, Bella Caroli later said, like, in my 35 years of coaching, I've never seen such a moment. And, and I think that's why we all got behind her in terms of just, like, how courageous she was and celebrating her for that moment afterwards. You know, so when, when I think about flow, I thought this was such an interesting choice that you made because I wouldn't have been instinctively – drawn to this I think about there was a, a professional basketball player uh, by the name of Reggie Miller who's sure. shooting guard for the uh, uh, Indiana Pacers and you just knew they had these epic playoff series against the New York Knicks and you and he was a guy if he was on your team you loved him if he was not on your team you probably did not because he would scratch and he would claw and he would talk and he would do all these things but man once he started to shoot you're just like oh man here yeah. comes Reggie Miller and they would put two and three guys on him they knew he was going to shoot and he still would make it and I just think about players getting in that flow basketball seems to lend itself so much to that you know, when you see somebody, when they get on a roll or in the flow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, so the concept of flow comes from a psychologist called Mihai Cechsek Mihai. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that name. Yeah. I know. It's a hard book, name. Page 118. You look at that. I like to, as a person who used to have to do people's names on TV all the time, I was like, I don't even know where to begin. So say that one again for me. Uh, the way I would pronounce it is Cechsek Mihai. Um, I, I love it. Yeah, so he wrote a book called Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience, and he was really studying, like, and he still studies this, and a lot of people have studied it since then, you know, what, what contributes to peak performance and um, what really contributes to flow. And flow means when you're so absorbed in the moment and the task that nothing else matters. It's really effortless. You can only get in the flow when your mind is in the present. Um, and only when the challenge equals the demand. So uh, an example might be if I'm playing uh, Steph Curry in basketball, okay, there's no way that Steph Curry is going to get in the flow because the challenge isn't very <laughs> high to, to beat Syndra, and the challenge is so big for me, there's no way I'm going to beat Steph Curry, right, because um, I'm not a professional basketball player. So the challenge has to equal the demands, and, like, if you stretch yourself too much, it's kind of like, the rubber band that stretch that that snaps. The cool thing is there are things that we can do to experience flow more often, and that's the power of this topic in the chapter today. Well, you'll you'll get into the next part of it. Somebody else uh, that an author that you're going to refer to, and this is something I really want to ask you about. But as as I went through this chapter and this exercise and tried to think about when I was in the flow, yeah. and um, another peek behind the curtain that you never asked for. Um, I love to throw bags, or as they would call it down in Iowa, cornhole. And, um, you know, so I, I love to throw bags. And I got in, I convinced a friend of, a, of, a, of a, one of my daughter's uh, dads, and we went into a bags league. Okay. And we, we did it this one year, and we had this epic game against a, a, a guy and a gal. And everybody else was done, and they, they, um, they took their, the, their boards away and then they, they, some stayed to watch us and then they all went home 
And we just kept throwing and throwing and throwing because every game was tooth and nail, hammer and tongs. It just and so like we were an hour and a half after everyone was gone, we were still playing. And and people were like, What are you guys doing? So the right. next year we came back and we won that night. And the next year we came back and they came back and we kept kind of we kind of circled that date on the schedule, both teams saying that was such an epic match last year. I can't wait to see, you know, to do it again this year. So I, that whole day was so laser focused on that game. And um, I got to throw first and was so determined to throw the knockout punch. So I threw three uh, hole-in-ones right off the bat. Wow. My opponent was so flustered that she actually missed the board with one of her first throws. And so I was like, this is no time to celebrate. I am going for the jugular. And, and we were done in like n- almost no time that next year because I was in the flow. Wow. Super cool. I've had moments where I've been in the flow during a marathon, believe it or not, where a couple I do. miles go by. I don't even remember those miles. Like I'm just so in the moment. I've had times where I've been in the flow speaking, <laughs> you know, and, and there's no judgment. There's no, uh, like one characteristic is like a loss of self-consciousness, which just means like, you're not thinking about your thinking. You're just there doing. Um, and I think about the times that I'm speaking in the flow and it feels electric, you know, just like, uh, that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to feel so present and without judgment that you're completely at your best. Well, I think you get the added benefit there too of, you know, I'm trying to like just beat somebody when I, when I was talking about, when you're talking about, when you're speaking and you're talking about yeah. this people, you know, you're giving them something that they didn't have before. What a beautiful byproduct. Yeah, it's fun. So there's actually 10 components of flow. Um, and so what this means is just knowing what these are can help you work to get there. So how about I just describe these 10 or just list them so people can go and what, what are we talking about? So the first one is like a balance between skill and challenge. That's the example that I was giving you of like me playing um, Steph Curry, right? Um, right. Feedback, clear goals, action and awareness merging. So it just means like you're fully in the moment. Um, you have a high concentration on the task at hand. You feel like a sense of control, which means like, you feel like you're in control of yourself. A loss of self-consciousness, consciousness, which means like you're not thinking, you're just doing. Transformation of time, so time can either speed up or slow down. And the activity is intrinsically motivating. It means like you're doing it because you love it and you're so absorbed in the task. And you don't have to experience all of them to experience flow. You don't have to get, you know, have all these 10. Um, but when you just experience a few, it's called microflow. And um, if you're experiencing all of them, that's macro flow. <laughs> so that that's back to the guy whose name you can say, but I can't. Yes. You know, yep. He, he those ten components. Yeah. Uh, right before that chart in the book, there's there's mm-hmm. a part where you you talk about um, Stephen Kotler and his book yes. Rise of Superman: Decoding the Science of Ultimate Human Performance. Yeah. And Kotler said that to experience flow. What you are doing should be 4% greater than your skill level in order to keep your attention and to release neurochemicals like dopamine. If you stretch yourself more than 4% and move beyond the flow state and feel overchallenged, Kyler suggests that if you want to increase your performance over the long haul, push yourself 4% harder day after day 
month after month, this the impossible then becomes possible and your progress skyrockets. In return, you create more flow and optimal experience. Okay, I just my obvious question is, how do yeah. I know when I'm at 4%? Ooh, great question. I think um, it's a feeling, you know, where if you feel like how uh, you're in a situation that's way over your head, um, that's going to be really difficult to experience. You don't do it because you're going to learn from it, but it's going to be more difficult to experience flow. It's also like if it's not challenging at all, it's going to be to experience flow, you know, because uh, because it's not maybe it's not challenging you, you or you've done it a million times, you know, so um, I think it's more of a gut. And I think what I love about that is it just shows you that you need to be pushing yourself. Um, and the 4% greater means that you got to keep pushing yourself, trying new things to stretch yourself. And, that, and then that's when you're going to experience the flow. And if you push yourself 4% harder every day, wow, you know, could you imagine the progress and how you'd grow and you'd develop? So you're, you're hitting though, you're tripping triggers though with myself, with my, my sarcastic sense, yeah. and my, my anal sense, because I'm like, why not 5%? Oh, why five, four percent? How do I know if I'm at four percent right away? I feel like yeah, if I was throwing true. bags with you and like you were a little bit off, I would just look at you and I would say, hey, hey, dial it back to four. I think you're at five percent. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but I love the language between teammates. Like that'd be super cool, right? Um, uh, because I think it just reminds you, hey, I can do these things to work to get in the flow. It's not like a light switch. I can't say I'm in the flow right now. But what I can do is work to... Um, experience these components more often and I think the, the ones that are absolutely necessary are like being so absorbed in the task um, high concentration on the task at hand like you're not thinking you're just doing um, and so those are the kind of things that you can you can work to do to experience a little more often well, I definitely thought about you when I got near the bottom of page 119. You, you put, you know, the point you're trying to make, you put them in larger print or you had your yeah. person who put the book up for you. But here comes Cinder Kampoff. Your mind is a muscle. It takes daily practice to master it. If you try to force flow, you get further away from it. That, I think, is a point that has to, um, that has to be driven home because you can try to say, no, I've got to do this. But, but if, you're, if you're doing it, you're, you're beyond the 4%. All of a sudden, your goal, your, your yeah. target becomes that much more elusive. Yeah, and I think that's when we press in sports, when we try too hard, <laughs> you know, and we're like so tight, but that's going to be really difficult for you to get in the flow. And so the, last week, we talked about the, your MVP, knowing what your best looks like and feels like and, and naming it and working to get there. That's actually is going to be the one thing that's going to help you get in the flow. So, so you're an elite runner, and, and this is me wanting something for my own benefit here because I'm one of those people who um, when I was younger would, would run and I had the have coaches say, you know, the time you're running, you should really be running feet running. I mean, I never enjoyed it. Even when I was running three K's or, or five K's or 10 K's, uh, the, what are the twin cities, the 10 mile, the 10 mile the twin cities marathon. I guess I did not hate that one because I, I had trained for it enough where I was comfortable enough and kind of knew the paces that I should be running. But I've okay. never felt like what you've experienced were being in that place where I don't know every mile or I'm looking to go, okay, that's two miles. I only have two more to go or whatever it is. How do you get yourself to that point where you don't really 
you're not looking at every tree to say that's my halfway point. I'm I only got halfway to go because that's what I I'm always looking for markers and I want to not do that. Yeah, I think first of all it does, you know, rely on your training. If you're pushing yourself so much in the marathon, like let's say you've only done a a 13 mile training run and then you're trying to do a marathon, like that might be really painful. It might be really hard for you to get in the flow. Um but I'd say, you know, when I've experienced it, I've been really well trained. Um, and, uh, and what I try to do is just be, be there. Like, and I'm working to uh, feel these powerful emotions because if I'm feeling confident and excited and if I'm having really powerful thoughts, it's going to be a lot easier to be so immersed in the present moment. Like I remember this one time in the Omaha marathon, this is where I really remember being in the flow where I was really struggling for a moment. And then I just had these power phrases that I said, and they represented my MVP. You know, it's like, I'm confident, I'm ready, I'm fast, I'm fit, confident, I'm ready, I'm fast, I'm fit. And like, just those powerful thoughts um, helped me get in the flow because, you know, I don't, I literally don't remember mile 21 to about 25. And that's the most difficult time in the marathon, right? I don't remember it because um, time just passed so by fast and, uh, and, and that's my flow experience, for sure, one of mine. So do you make a conscious effort then to think about what your body is doing and feeling or are you thinking about your kids or where is your mind? I think you could think about your kids, like if that inspires you. I think anything that's going to help you um, release some where, where were you in that race? Do you remember? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, I just want yeah. to really know where, where were you that you got five miles out? Didn't really remember being where you were. Uh, like where was I in the course or where was I in my mind? My, your mind. I was so, um, I think the, the statements that I was saying allowed me to remind myself of great experiences, training and, um, why I should be confident. So it was like, in that moment that helped me get to the flow was more just really empowering thoughts about my ability and what I could do and how I could keep pushing and how I was ready for this. Um, that's where my mind was. I think, you know, when I think about flow experiences, like when I'm speaking, it's about being connected to the audience. And, um, but I think both of those experiences are really me understanding when I'm at my best and not getting in my head, overthinking it or questioning or doubting that I can do it. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I'm trying to get into, you know, what, what are you, I want to steal your head. I want to steal you yeah. know, your process and, and what you're doing. And, and that really is interesting to me. I would love to get back to running again and to a place where I actually find I'm not going to win a marathon, but I want to enjoy the experience. And I think I've never allowed myself. It's always been, you know, even like one time I was, gonna, I was at 20, I don't know what age I was and I was in really good shape. And I said, you know what, I'm going to set my fastest 5k time ever because yeah. I probably will never be able to run faster than I am right now. So I went out there. I mean, the night before, I didn't like have a beer. I was at a family function. Everybody's like, why aren't you having any? And I'm like, I'm running tomorrow morning, and I'm going to set my best time ever. Yeah. And I went and did that, but I didn't really enjoy it. And to this day, Sandra, I couldn't tell you what that time was. It was such a big deal to me at the time, and I didn't like write it down or record it, and I certainly don't even remember it. So I kind of wasted the experience. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I just want to be, I want to get back to running again. I want to enjoy the process. So I may be having, you may be uh, getting emails from me uh, 
in your spare time. We could do some coaching on that. On the, I need some coaching. After, after uh, you know, the mindset of running. I think the key is, is like sometimes people are like, I hate running. And then they're doing it and they're t- thinking about how much they hate it. I don't think that's going to help you get in the flow. <laughs> not. It's not. All right. Homework no. for this week. So homework for this week is to spend some time thinking about times that you've experienced flow. What were you doing? What were you feeling? And then think about times where um, you've not experienced flow, maybe that you're struggling. Compare and contrast that list to help you better understand what's going to contribute to you experiencing flow more often. And you could perhaps even think about the, the does that compare to the 10 characteristics that we were talking about? Okay. Compare and contrast. Okay. Uh, high performance power phrase for this week. My mind is like a muscle. I train my mind using the mental tools to increase my chances of finding flow. And can you take a day off when training your brain, Dr. Kampoff? No, you must train it every day to be your best. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a muscle. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Gritty person of the week. So my gritty uh, of the week is actually two that I worked with uh, this winter. I worked with two high school hockey teams, Tim, and so much fun. Um, I love uh, giving back in this way. Sometimes people are like, what's injury? You're still working with uh, high school teams, even though you work with pro teams and executives, but it's my way of like uh, just helping other people and giving them the tools and strategies that I didn't have when I was their age. So I want to give a shout out to them. One is still in the state um, uh, in, the, in the playoffs to get to uh, hopefully the state championship game. Um, the other one uh, got beat uh, by a rival. Um, but even this other team that I was with had double their shots this year, right? Double, double actually the, the, um, the shots that they scored this year just by implementing mental training. So there's a lot of power of using these tools and principles. So if you're a coach, uh, even a coach on a business um, or a coach on an athletic team, you gotta, you got to train your athlete's mind to help them really be at their best. Well, I love the fact that you're still working with the high school kids. And, and I think that's one of those things that uh, you never know where you're, you're going to, uh, you know, where they're going to go in life and, and what they're going to benefit from. So I, I just think that's, that's wonderful that you do that. I was at an event last night, um, MC an event called the Pay It Forward event. Yeah. And, and it's a breast cancer fundraiser. And uh, a woman by the name of Michelle Morey, uh, discovered that she had breast cancer. She's a 15-year survivor, and she's cancer-free. But what she discovered was you're not ready for any of it when you get that diagnosis. And, and not only do you have now this, this physical fight you have to do, but all sorts of things come along with it. Now, the, the woman that she profiled last night found out that she had breast cancer. She um, was separated from her husband. She wa- waited to tell her kids until after her daughter's spring break trip. So she got them together and told them, drove her son back to the University of Minnesota, was driving home, traffic backed up at the uh, Lowry Hill Tunnel, which is a major artery clog, poorly designed thing here in the, in the metro area. And she gets rear-ended by a woman who was on her phone and totals her car. Wow. And now she doesn't have transportation to begin her, um, to begin her uh, treatments. And then shortly after she begins her treatment, she finds out that the place she's renting, the guy who's renting it, is going to sell it and wants her out uh, by a certain date. So she loses her place to live. 
And where she's living, she doesn't want to move out of her community because that's where her friends and her support system are. Right. Her employer is being great to her, telling her he'll still pay her her full uh, salary while she's receiving treatment. Then he comes back and says, um, you know what? I've had an offer on the company and I want to sell the company. And to do that, I have to clear certain things off the books. So now she needs a new job. She needs a place to stay. She's lost her car and she has breast cancer. Oh my goodness gracious. Doesn't it sound like you're making it up? I mean, can it anybody sounds go, like you're making it up. <laughs> like, through one all more of that. thing that so, could happen. So she was there last night to talk about the fact that because of this pay it forward, uh, and you can, they're on, you know, social media, um, she was able to get her expenses covered and her parents helped her out with the car. She got a new job. You know, they, they were able to help her with the rent, so she was able to get a place. Um, so... The, these people who are facing things like this, I mean, whatever the, the affliction is, uh, you are my gritty person of the week. You know, wow. hang in there, outreach, get the help that you need. And, um, you know, I, I just want to hear your life story. And, and you know what? We're going to tell you in a moment. To, you can reach out to us and review, rate and review us. But we also want to hear from you. Share your story with us. We'd love to be able to share your story of how grit empowered you and got you through. It would be our honor to pass that along. Absolutely. Please reach out to us. You can send us an email. I'm at Cindra at CindraCampoff.com. Uh, Tim, how can they reach out to you? And we'd love to share your story and highlight you as the gritty person of the week. Yeah, it, my, everything's under my name. My email is timmcniff 11 at gmail.com. I've got uh, you know Tim McNiff on Twitter, Tim McNiff on LinkedIn, Tim McNiff on uh, Facebook, uh, all, all of those things, the usual suspects. Uh, you can find me at any and all of them. Now, now I send you the, the outline every week. If you've got access to that, you want to read the, the bottom part and, and send us on our way out? Absolutely. Um, I want to mention one thing, though. We have an awesome uh, contest that we're what? implementing this week. Are you ready? What? Yes. So this is what we're going to do. We would love for you to rate and review the podcast. And uh, when you do that, so wherever you're listening on the podcast, like if you're listening on your phone, you can just scroll down and there's going to be a way for you to rate and review it. So give us a rating and review wherever you're listening. Uh, take a screenshot of it and uh, just send an email to me with a screenshot. Uh, it's at Syndra at CindraCampoff.com. So I'm going to spell that. So C-I-N-D-R-A at C-I-N-D-R-A-K-A-M-P-H-O-F-F.com. Or you could even send it to me via a message on social media. Um, and you can just search my name on social media. But send us the screenshot. You're going to be entered into a drawing to win a Beyond Grid book. And we will choose one next week. Um, so send us your screenshots of your ratings and reviews and you get a free book. If you already have a book, we'll send you a workbook for free. Okay. So um, we're pumped to be able to do that and uh, spread the word a little bit more uh, powerfully. I didn't think this thing could get any better and you just did it. Let's go, Tim. <laughs> Let's go. The Beyond Grit podcast is trying to help you reach your peak potential. I want you to check out this and the other fabulous content you can find at the NSC blog page, which is Beyond the Bench, where, again, you can leave us your questions and comments. You can find Beyond Grit Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, again, the same with Dr. Kampoff just said to you, rate us, review us, and that'll help us to reach more po uh, people, and it will also potentially get you a free copy 
of Dr. Kampoff's brilliant manifesto, Beyond Grit. Um, and with that, I'm going to say I'm Tim McNiff. I want to thank you for joining us. And Dr. Kampoff, as she usually does, is going to set this out. See you next week, everyone, and stay gritty. Thank you for engaging with the Beyond Grit podcast, where we help you reach your peak potential. You can find past episodes and other great content on the NSC blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can also post your questions and comments. The Beyond Grit podcast is a production of the National Sports Center and Beyond the Bench.